This is Neil Erwitz. I'm Director of External Relations here at the Center for New American Security. I'm here today with uh, Elizabeth Rosenberg and Zach Goldman, two of the authors of our new report, uh, Terrorist Use of Virtual Currencies Containing the Potential Threat. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for having us. So let's uh, throw it up to a pretty general question for starters. Um, we hear, obviously, a lot about terrorist attacks. Uh, how is financing really used? Are these terrorist attacks expensive? And then what role do virtual currencies play in all of this? Virtual currencies have been used uh, by terrorists recently. I would characterize the use more as episodic. Uh, the reporting about it is anecdotal. It's not yet what we would call a strategic or systemic threat. It hasn't achieved a large scale. Terrorist plots and terrorist attacks are financed in a variety of different ways. They're not necessarily expensive. Some are quite inexpensive. Uh, for example, when there's a lone radicalized actor who engages in an attack, and we've seen that in the United States and Europe quite recently, those people may raise money. It may be their own contributions. They may have a smaller network of radicalized supporters in a cell around them. There are examples also of larger terrorist attacks where the funding for that kind of operation can come from a variety of sources, including donors, uh, criminal activity, a kind of taxation if the terrorist group controls territory. Like ISIS. For example. And there are other examples, too. That's to your point about the cost and uh, the use of virtual currency. I would say there's a further distinction I draw between conducting a particular attack, which, as Liz said, can be quite inexpensive, and sustaining a large organization over time, which costs a lot of money uh, and requires a significant investment of resources. And as Liz noted, the episodic use of virtual currencies is something that folks need to be aware of and thinking about. It's not yet the kind of strategic threat that we've seen in other terrorism financing contexts. So if it's episodic as, now, uh, as of now, it's not the standard operating procedure, is, does that mean it's easier to nip in the bud? And if so, how? The challenge we're trying to address is how to prevent the use of virtual currencies by terrorist groups from becoming like that of cyber criminals. So the one area in which you do see uh, uh, virtual currencies being used at significant scales in the cybercrime area. And I should say, I don't want to create the uh, impression that, that the only reasons for which virtual currencies and cryptocurrencies are used are illicit. That's, that's not the case. And in fact, the technology has some really uh, very significant promise and a lot of um, money is being poured into R&D uh, to, to try and develop the, the, the uses that can really unlock a lot of value economically. But one of the major questions we grappled with is if it's true that cyber criminals use virtual currencies a great deal and terrorist groups don't yet do so, why is that? I think the main point we came to is the question of convertibility. So if you're a cyber criminal and you're purchasing exploits to use in a cybercrime uh, activity or you're purchasing stolen credit cards on the dark web, you can engage in those transactions, both ends of those transactions, buying and selling in Bitcoin or in other kinds of cryptocurrency. And so you don't have to engage in a constant process of conversion and reconversion from fiat currencies, normal state-backed currencies, into virtual currencies. That's not yet the case for terrorist groups. And moreover, they have far more efficient and effective means to transfer value than cryptocurrencies. And so the real challenge, I think, is one of 
uh, information flow, ensuring that all of the relevant parties that police this activity can interact with each other in effective ways, and ensuring a regulatory framework that promotes innovation and protects against illicit use of these kinds of technologies. Let me ask a more fundamental question. You laid out how um, how terrorist organizations haven't really started using virtual currencies in that great uh, numbers. What would be the benefit to a terrorist organization in using a virtual currency instead of just dollars or pounds or whatever? <laughs> Some of the same benefits that make it attractive for everybody else, including those people like us interacting in uh, the legal, legitimate economy. So specifically, when uh, for in a virtual currency, if you have the ability to uh, conduct instantaneous transactions uh, that are worldwide and you, they're quite efficient. There's no middleman if in a distributed system uh, that Bitcoin and other virtual currencies have. That's appealing for, uh, as well as anonymity, which is something that obviously is of value to terrorist groups and to others who are interested in um, greater protection, identity protection. So those are some of the key uh, appealing factors, and they are features of other kinds of value movement, which is one reason why terrorists haven't exclusively used virtual currencies mm -hmm. where they are now available. But they, but that's the same reason they use bartering with oil. Is that about right, or or frankly, cash? Because it's still easy enough for terrorists to use suitcases of cash to uh, conduct activities to move money, and that's pretty anonymous too. It can be pretty anonymous too. There are, of course, ways to uh, track specific uh, bills or uh, currency, and there are ways to try and track some specific. Uh, virtual currency. It's uh, a little more complicated than that, but in the uh, virtual currency realm, it can take quite a lot of forensic activity and serious investigative work uh, to get there. And so in a certain sense, it could be a race between uh, the terrorists who want to use this virtual currency and the investigators who are trying to decode and unlock and understand where the money is moving. Well, here's hoping we win that race. Uh, thank you guys for uh, explaining this. This is important. Indeed. Thanks, Thanks for so having much, us. Neil.